Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to the Spinner Rack. It's me, Calvin Ellis, with my special guest, Professor C.A. Say hello to the people. What up, people? All right. So today uh, we're doing something. Well, you know, you've been in that situation before where the movies come out. You haven't seen it, but you've read some reviews. You've heard some reviews, some hurt. You've heard some stuff. And now, of course, you know, you don't want to be spoiled and such, but you're still hearing things. And based on that, do you still want to see this movie? So the movie in question that we have to deal with right now is none other than James Bond, No Time to Die. There's a ton of spoilers out there. Now, I myself don't care to be spoiled. There's a difference between shock and suspense. You know, if I find out something, hey, that's just suspense. I just sit there and watch it unfold as opposed to being shocked as to seeing it without it happening. So some people like to be shocked. Some people prefer suspense. I don't really care either way. Okay, so that's me. Other people, you know, they want to stay away from it. But I've heard a lot of information about this movie. And so we're going to pose the question, well, based on what you've heard in the reviews and such, do you still want to go see this movie? So I'm going to pass it right over here as my boy Mars would say. I'm going to pass it to Professor C.A. What you got to say? I got to say that based on the trailers, this movie seems like it's no time for sex. I don't know what's going on with this. It just seems like you're trying to do everything. I don't really, like, do I want to see it? Am I still going to want to see it? Yeah, I kind of want to see how, like, you know, Daniel Craig is going to have this ending. But I'm going to kind of, like, put that into perspective, given crazy trying to do everything uh, finales to long, long-running series like how Star Wars went down. I think it's heading in that direction. Will I still want to see a train wreck? Sure. It has its own entertainment value. How about you? This is the last, oh, I, I, and I, we already discussed this before. I never really liked Daniel Craig as James Bond. I thought he came across as thuggish as opposed to suave, charismatic, charming, witty, all the things that Bond is supposed to bring to the table. Bond's an assassin. Okay? He's, when they say license to kill, I don't think a lot of people get it. When you're a double O, that means you have been given a license to kill by the English government. Regular agents just can't go out and kill people. That means this guy right over here, no. He's saying, look, and whatever you're doing, you got the right to kill whoever you want. Okay. We back you up 100% on that when you're a double O. So Bond has that particular, Bond has that particular thing going for him. So his world is already very, very dangerous. And the people that he's encountering, with the exception of maybe an operative here or there, these are dangerous people who are looking to take him out at any particular given time. So with that being said, you know, that's the backdrop. But I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, okay, they've decided that they want to change a lot of, they want to change a lot of the stuff. And they did that when they started with Daniel Craig with the first, you know, with the first film. They took out a lot of the stuff that were going to be more gritty. Okay. And I thought for the first film it worked, but I love the, I love the interplay and the chemistry between him and Ava Green playing Vesper Lynn. I thought that was a, it was good. It wasn't necessarily the bond I wanted, but it was a good, solid start. Then we went to every film after, you know, we got the film that followed, uh, we got Quantum of Solace, which I'm really not yeah. sure what the heck that was, but there was a writer's strike, so we can get some stuff going for there. Uh, that was then followed up by Skyfall, which was a Batman movie starring James Bond. And then we got Spectre. Spectre, I didn't even go to the theaters to see. I waited so I could see Spectre for free on TV. I waited, you know, for that. And I think this film is pretty much going to be in the same vein. I'm going to wait to see in, until I can see this one for free, as based on the spoilers, which I'm not going to spoil anybody here. But if I just go by the trailers, I'm like, why would I want to see this movie? James Bond is James Bond is male fantasy. James Bond is male fantasy. 
you are an incredibly tough guy who, for the most part, always gets the job done, if, unless you always get the job done. You can't be killed. You're, you're incredibly versatile. You're intelligent. You're always able to outsmart, out, you know, wit. You have the courage of a lion because you can talk to any woman. Most guys, no. Most guys are like, no, I'm not going to, look at her. She's gorgeous. I'm not going to go talk to her. She's going to shoot me down. James Bond is cool and collected with every woman that he sees. And he nails just about every woman that he sees. He's got the right gadgets. He's got a incredibly, you know, incredibly gorgeous looking car. Okay. He's great. Okay. And he always goes back. That's male fantasy at the end of the day. I can just go through life. I'm going to get these girls. I'm going to get this car. I'm going to get these gadgets. I'm always going to save the day and I'm always going to be back. Now I'm looking at a movie where, you know, you got someone telling, I'm going to put a, hey, if you're not smart, Bond, I'm going to put a bullet in your good leg. I'm like, no, why do I want to see this? Why do I want to see this? Why do I want to see a hesitant Bond or Bond who's over the hill? What does that do for me? Like, at the end of the day, if you're a guy, you're going through life, you're like, oh, man, at least I have some escapist fantasy through this dude. No, you're not going to get any escapist fantasy. You're going to come over here and be given this. So based on what I'm seeing over there, do I want to see this movie? No. Will I eventually see it? Of course. You know, it's still a Bond movie. I've got to, you know, pack them all in. Don't want to miss any. But is there an urge to go see this? And it should be an urge. This is like the 25th anniversary of James Bond. This is the last Daniel Craig movie. It's three hours long. You know, there's some things that should be attracting me to it. I, you know, some of the action sequences, like that motorcycle, that motorcycle jump going up the ramp and then leaping. Hey, those are some really nice shots. I should be wanting to run into the theater. Do I want to run into the theater? No, I don't want to see James Bond. I don't want to see James Bond bickering with someone else who took the 007 moniker and they don't seem to understand. 007 and James Bond, they're trying to, you know, let's see if we can play it both ways. We'll still have 007, but we'll separate that from James Bond. No, James Bond is 007. You know, those are synonymous. You can't take that, you can't take that away from him. So this is what you're presenting. And based on this, why do I want to go see this movie? You know, who, you know, who crafted this for a James Bond fan like myself to go and see this movie? What's attractive about this? Nothing really. Yeah, well, well, let me. Um, you said a lot. Let me let me uh, weigh in on some of the pieces as I as I caught them. First, where I defer from you or diverge from your path is that I am a fan of the Craig uh, Craig's uh, James Bond. Um, yeah, never knew why. Uh, casino because Casino Royale was Batman Year One done with James Bond. The idea was the initial concept, which I don't think they. I think was only captured in Casino Royale was that we were going to see how the arc that would take somebody to being such a, a misogynist and a, a, and a smooth, how did he become that smooth, that smooth gentleman, agent lover? You thought um, James Bond was a misogynist? No. <laughs> I'll get to that point too. Okay. Right? Yeah. All right. Uh, um, so how do you, how do you get to, how do you get to that, to, to that, to that players, let's put it like that. How do you get to that player bond? Um, who's being all these beautiful women, but like indulgent, like really going not for like shallow surface level relationships, um, which I have no problem with in the Bond film. So I think that was one of the parts of the, the concept of the conceits that was just hilarious. You don't take it seriously and you move on. It doesn't affect your politics or your day-to-day -day life. But anyway, going off from the point, this is supposed to be year one Bond. So whereas you call him thuggish, I appreciated that because he hadn't been uh, refined yet. He was firstly born into it. So he was going for like, Easy way to kill people, and I, I appreciate that he was going through walls in the in Casino Royale where this other dude 
smooth parkour, loved it all. I just think that the mistake they made was trying to, because they had put so much work into the Vesper Bond relationship, which I appreciated Casino Royale, I really didn't need to hear much more about that. There's a really contrived plot that came to ill time with the writer's strike. So you got trash on trash for uh, Quantum of Solace. Um, and then they, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. But they're still talking about it in the third, the fourth, and they're really making it all connected. And I'm like, so I think, I think that was a part that kind of detracted from the overall series, even though I was a fan and am still a fan of um, Craig's Bond because he had all these other Bonds, how many, I don't know, four or five other Bonds before him who pretty much came to the same old formula. This was a new, fresh take. Um, and then put in the background, you can always come, come back to this, that every film after Batman, year, uh, the Batman reboot, Batman Begins, every other film was impacted by that whole, like, let's go grittier, let's go darker, let's go back to the origins, including Superman. But, but I'm not gonna, but I'm not gonna go there. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately Superman. <laughs> unfortunately, Superman. I don't, it doesn't, gritty does not fit for him. You can't, it's not like a, you know how Hollywood does, they get a formula and they just think that's the trend. And they think every formula is a zeitgeist when it's really not, it was just formulaic. But I liked it. I liked his portrayal of it. I wish he had better. What it always going to come down to is good scripts, good writing, good storytelling. I wish it had come down to that. Um, but it was really interesting is that they're making this like the Me Too piece of James Bond was from was there from the beginning. It was the seeds were planted there from the beginning. He did have some interactions with another uh, woman in the beginning of Casino Royale, but very soon the plot swerved into him having a very deep one-on-one -on -one relationship with Vesper and it kind of remained and he's remained in that lane. I don't he did nothing scan scandalous or of the old bond like in all the other films. So I'm not really sure what the hype is. I don't think this last one's going to be any worse than that thing. They did do themselves a marketing disservice when they kind of pushed it with like making it appear to be that this new 007 was going to take over the franchise. I think it was lip service for political agendas and it shot them in the foot. Nobody liked it. Um, and then recently, I think I think maybe like what, less than a month ago, a few weeks ago, they came up with a much cleaner trailer, which really just puts Bond at the center. And from the research that I'm hearing is you're gonna get a little mix, you're gonna get some things you don't like, some things you do like. Uh, I've heard he's gonna be, he's really gonna play into this grown James Bond role. He's gonna be the smooth, more refined, suave, but you're still gonna get the, the gritty action and they're still going to kind of play these roles where like he has absolutely no leg the whole movie, unless it's within the committed confines of a committed relationship. Um, he shares he shares the screen with Ana de Mamas. And I heard that, you know, Ana de Mamas wasn't even there for the whole for the whole film, that she's been there for significantly less time. If they're saying she's up in there for someone for like 10 minutes. And I think that's just disrespectful to Ana de Mamas and everything that she brings to the table. And I'm also feeling like I've seen most of her 10 minutes in these clips that we keep seeing in the trailer. Well, I don't disagree with that. I think she should get more screen time. Great actress, a uh, lot of talent, whole bunch of talent. Would love to see more of it. And yes, if she's only in there for 10 minutes, you've probably seen a good portion of those 10 minutes because those are probably the more dynamic portions of that 10. 
no, I've, I've heard this said before that James Bond is some sort of misogynist or something or other. And I'm like, I, I scratch my head when I hear this. I'm like, does anybody understand the world that James Bond inhabits? All those people are killers. All those people are killers. He'll go and meet someone and like, oh, what's your name? Pussy galore. She's a killer. That's the that's the traditional femme fatale. She's going to use her femininity and her feminine wiles and her sexiness, and she's going to set a honey trap, try to get you alone someplace, and then she's going to kill you. Okay. And James Bond thing was like, oh no no no, I'm going to do one better. I'm going to go into the honey trap. I'm going to get the honey, and I'm not going to die. You're not going to kill me. That was the you know that was the draw to the whole thing, and the names were just like you know funny things after a certain portion. But the idea is that uh, and, and, and James Bond didn't have to succumb to chivalry, if you will. He didn't have to be nice to the woman he was going to kill. Okay, he didn't have to be nice like to the uh, to the person who was going to try to run him through or anything of that nature. Well, look what you did. That was terrible. Look how you killed this woman. Like she was going to kill me. You know, she was going to kill me. I did one better. Not only did I get the honey from the honey trap, you know, I made it out. You died. And that's pretty much the end of it. And then it became, oh no. To the point that I think, what is it? Someone was calling Sean Connery's James Bond a rapist? And they're like, huh? Did you watch these particular films? But then it trickles down that somehow this guy who's an assassin, who's living in this world of spycraft with other killers, needs to be chivalry, you know, to the women that he's dealing with. Yeah. And then to make it even more complicated, your lead actor doesn't even want to be in this franchise anymore. Probably yeah. stating he'd rather slash his wrist and play James Bond again. And and but to, to be fair, maybe he should have done that. He may maybe. But to be fair, it sounds like he actually put in his uh, he left it all on the table in this last um rendition. And I also I'm not gonna spoil it, but I also heard some things about how that character ends, and I just feel like it is bringing it is definitely definitively definitively kind of bringing an end to Daniel Craig's James Bond. Well, I I feel he did a uh, what's this guy? What's the lead actor's name on Smallville? Tom Welling. Yeah, he did a Tom Welling. Tom Welling did not want to be Superman ever. He never wanted to be Superman. And so when he came down to the last episode, he was like, "Okay, I'll open up my shirt and so on and so forth." But then they called him back and said, "Hey, we're going to do this crisis on Infinite Earth. Why don't you come back?" And he was like, "Oh, this is it. This is perfect. I can finally put a nail in the coffin to this." And people started asking me. He comes back and he's Clark Kent. And he gave up his powers. He's like, no, I gave up my powers. I don't want to do this. I want to stay home, raise my daughters, you know, make pancakes and that type of stuff. And you look at it, you're like, oh, you know, you really just didn't want to do this, did you? And you've made it to the point like, they'll never call me back now. I'm done with this. I'll never have to. I put an end to this at the end of the day. And Daniel Craig seemed to do the same thing. I'm going to make this final. They're never going to call me back. I'm never going to have to come over here and do this again. I'm just going to go home, stack what paper I got from this from the floor to the ceiling. And that'll be the end of it. And this is the role that made his career. You know, See, but the thing is, what's, it was interesting with that is that, like, I, I'll put that with a grain of salt, right? Like, if you're on, I don't know, like, if you're on a Christopher, I would compare it to Christopher Nolan Batman. Again, we'll go back to that comparison, right? Christian Bale wasn't complaining about slashing his wrist, but again, he's dealing with Christopher Nolan. He's dealing with high-level writing, high-level production, I don't know what I don't know I don't know what Daniel was experiencing the same thing, especially based on our both of our feelings about the on and off again, just good James Bond movie, bad James Bond movie, good James Bond movie, bad James Bond movie, and that's being and that's being complimentary. Um, so for him, and isn't this like the freaking fifteen years of an almost anniversary of Casino Royale? 
Like, how long ago was that? So it's like, when you put that in, in that perspective, maybe as an actor, you didn't have as much say of something that's taking as much of his time as it did. Maybe it's kind of fair to be like, hey, like, you know, I don't know if I would have said out loud, just for professional sake, I'd rather slash my wrist and play James Bond. But putting it in that perspective, they did kind of like drag that out for quite a long while. Oh, that, I mean, I know they did a ton of reshoots, or at least I heard they did some, I heard they did significant reshoots. So there was some stuff they probably did and they were like, no. And that's probably in response to some of the trailers, uh, the reaction to the trailer, like, okay, you know, we, we can't sell this movie. And we can't sell this movie to the base audience, which is who we need to come out for it if we keep doing this. So, you know, we're doing some reshoots about that. But I'll get to see, I'll, I'll get to uh, determine that when I see the actual film. But again, it, it comes across as incredibly ungrateful when this is the role that pretty much made your career, uh, made, you an made you an international star. And you're like, oh, I would rather do, you know, I would rather do any, I I'd rather die than continue to do this particular role. I understand that you're unhappy. You can be unhappy with the production, working with certain people, but this is the reason why you are a global star. Thank you. Sure. And, you and you, you know, it just comes across, it just, especially to regular people who are coming out and consuming this, purchasing it, you know, taking their nine to five money to come and see you, you know, you think you could be a little bit more uh, classy about the whole thing. But then again, his James Bond was never about class. His James Bond was about punching through was about punching through the wall, which he continued to do both on and off the screen. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, again, again, I just think they need to have more Anna De Mamas in it. You know, I think you know, I think she's amazing. I'm a fan of her as an actress. I feel like they became friends on Knives Out. He's like, "Yo, come through. I'll get you a quick cash. I can get you a quick little check." You know. Maybe like a month worth worth of work or two weeks worth of work. Come through. We we'll hang out. We we'll have brunch. You know. She's like, yeah, thank you. You're so kind, Danielle. And then yeah, and, if, and then that's what happened there, man. But you know, and, I, and obviously I'm being playful, but I know it's Anna de Armas. But um, but she's she, that's my fan name for. She's awesome. Um, I heard she's going to be doing uh, playing Marilyn Monroe. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see how that goes. Yep. Yeah, so anything else to say? Um, will I see it? Yes. Will I avoid the theater if possible? Yes. Um, if I could see it for free? Yes. Um, but I will eventually see it as I am a fan of this run. I might even mess around and watch all the other ones. And I heard that uh, you definitely should watch Spectre uh, if you want to kind of understand a lot of what's happening in the movie and the characters that they're introducing. So. I might just go that's for it and watch everything again. So that's a mistake. If well, I, there's a character, there's a, there's a Bane character for Spectre that comes back. If I have to go show. back and look, I mean, the whole idea was that they would, I mean, I saw that they tried to build up Spectre. Fine. But then you built up the Spectre and there was no way to really connect everything that happened before. If you had maybe, if Spectre had been the third film, mm. you know, or, you know, the, maybe even the second, though, wouldn't, you know, you do need a little bit more build up. But you had such a flat story in Quantum of Solace. I mean, Quantum of Solace, again, was such a flat story to the point there was no, I mean, there was really none of the uh, the Bond elements that needed to be there. Uh, th there's very little chemistry between him and the lead girl. Uh, you bring in, uh, uh, you bring in like, there's supposed to be a classic uh, Bond character of Strawberry Fields. And she, you know, she was there and it like almost, it was almost like, okay, we don't want to even want to show that the two of these guys, you know, ever did anything. 
And so that was so flat. Then you go to the next film, which is okay, more Batman, less Bond, but more Batman. By the time you get to Spectre, it doesn't connect that, oh, we've been after you since the beginning. Really? <laughs> really? You've been after me through the beginning? You was like, I, I would be more in line to see the Joker sitting there than, than this guy. And and again, they but they, you know, I mean, that was a stronger film. He had really good chemistry uh, with Leah Citadel. And, you know, but then you look at the story, and it's like, this doesn't really connect. And they had a, a lot of good, uh, you know, some you know, Bond elements in having uh, Dave Batista there as one of the villains, I was like, yeah, that, that comes across really well. And the story just doesn't work overall. So, you know, that was, you know, that was just really unfortunate. But then if they're saying, okay, great, you need to go back and look at some of these previous films to get into this one. It's like, no, 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 because you had to do that for the last film. You had to do that. Like, okay, and I did that. Listen, let me watch these three films before I get to Spectre. See, there's no damn connection. So now you say, oh, no, you need to go back and read again. I was like, what for? There's no connection to the last, to, to the fourth one. You can't tell me there's a connection to the fifth one. But man, I've seen a lot. I mean, I, I, I've seen some reviews that I thought were fair. I've seen some reviews that were, I mean, just such apology for this stuff. Yeah, I'm taking some, uh, taking some risks. And this is probably the most riskful bond and so on and so forth. Like, dude, I get it. You don't want to lose your endorsements. You know, you don't want to lose that monetizing that you're getting right now. And I get it, because as soon as we get monetized, this show is going to really, really clean up. We're going to love a whole bunch of stuff. But we're not there yet. But we can still give you the real. And, like, you know, you can't come over here and say that stuff about this film. I mean, especially now when you're saying at one point they're making Bond a bitch, and then you're going to come over here, well, you know, but they're taking, like, significant risks. And so, like, no, you need to take some significant risks and review this show and <laughs> review that film. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. And be, straight, and be straight about it at the end of the day. You can't, you know... You can't uh, compliment it with insults. Yeah. And my whole thing is, I don't even see, we can have a whole kind of debate about, not even debate, we probably be on the same page about it, a whole conversation about how cool is it or how acceptable is it to try and cancel um, male fantasy movies? Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I get it. Patriarchy, yeah, 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 yeah. But this movie's not made for y'all. This, this is no... You're trying to, I understand you want to be careful about images that are being put out, but at the same point in time, can we just acknowledge this movie is, you can't turn, you can't be like, mm, this water, could it be a little bit more solid? Like, you know, it doesn't really, you know, um, but I do agree with you that um, that Daniel does have great chemistry with, Le with Leah Say What Now, and I'm glad to see her again um, after she had a, a brief stint in Spectre and definitely, um, Leah say what now brings a lot to the table and I definitely want to see her do. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing their dynamic and where that goes, even though I may not be happy with the end result. That's actually a good point because I, I mean, the, the idea of trying to, the, the idea of trying to sanitize all of this stuff and you know, present it in a manner that's going to be inoffensive to everyone also seems to presuppose that women didn't enjoy the Bond films and they did. You know, you know, women went to the Bond films and the whole idea is like, look, this is guy fantasy, but women enjoyed a lot of the aspects too. Bond is a confident guy. Bond is very suave and smooth, you know, around the lady. He's in, you know, he, he what is it? He gets the job done at the end of the day. It's action packed. Those are attractive qualities to women as well, right? And a lot of them went in and saying, hey, yeah, of course she's, you know, of course this girl is dead. You know, she was gonna kill him too. They can put two and two together. But the moment you start a debate, then it becomes, oh, well, this, that, so now you got to remove that, but it's no longer spycraft. It's no longer, you know, the world of espionage 
where that's what's supposed to be happening around there, it turns into, all right, you know, this is more of like a collegiate class where we got to be careful what we say in order to present this. And those are two totally, those are two totally different worlds. If you want that, then you need to create that. You need to create, you know, some, I, I don't know, it'd be like a spoof of what happens, but that's what you would actually need to create and present that to the people. And if it resonates with them, fine. If, they, if it makes a billion dollars and people stop wanting to see the Bond films, fine. But you can't put that into the Bond film and sacrifice, you know, 25 years worth of, uh, of filmmaking. If it's, if, but 25 years worth of filmmaking, you know, in order to try to make people happy in this particular milieu, because you think that's what's necessary at the end of the day. You end up undercutting your characters. You're going to undercut your franchise and people won't trust it. And if they don't trust it, they're not coming back for it. And the worst thing that you can do is not to make people angry or to make people happy, but it's to make it so they don't care. But once they don't care, that you know, that's really tough to get people to actually open up again. Yeah, I, I agree. There's one thing to try and sanitize something, but then you're just really destroying it. It's just a long form of death. You're just trying to just really destroy what it actually is and have it go away. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to whoever the next James Bond is going to be, and I'm hoping that they're going to continue to try to do different things um, and kind of give the franchise a little bit of an update, but not necessarily. But again, but I really hope that my my hope of all hopes is that they hold sacred the writing, the plot, story, and the characterization in a way that, that makes sense and it's not politicized. You can, and that's the thing. If people were just focusing on really good writing, a really good writer, a really good plot and story. Could, could kind of, in a way, handle all those little political nuances without interfering with giving us like a really great action-packed, um, beautiful, beautiful uh, sights, long, swoop, sweeping, swooping like images and beautiful people. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't really see why you have to lose that at the end of the day, well, but yeah. Yeah, again, it's, it's fiction, you know, it's not real and uh, the, the uh, you know, I guess the postmodern attitude is where we're supposed to have, literally, we're supposed to sanitize every aspect of the real world and the fictional world. It, you know, it's just not possible at the end of the day. It's not. So, you know, the push for it eventually hits the wall and then hopefully they can get back to some really good storytelling again. But for right now, they feel this is what they're going to have to do. So they'll, you know, they'll do it and they'll, learn better of it, because this isn't the first time that uh, Hollywood or filmmaking has had to do this. You've had this like back in the McCarthy era where they were like, okay, we got to like, you know, clean this up, can't show this. Even uh, e even so far as to say, hey, there were films where, okay, we made this film, but we in the South, we can't show this film without cutting out these parts because we can't show any black people in the films. So it, this is, it's not the first time where you get to this point and then it gets to, you know, it hits the wall. We're like, look, this is not sustainable. You know, we can't maintain this. So, you know, we, we've got to do we, we've got to do filmmaking that's closer to, you know, the artwork of making a movie, uh, presenting this to people, making it resonate so they actually want to come back and see more of this. And we're good because the other route is it's it's untenable. It's untenable at the end of the day. One other, one last thing I'll say about the <clears throat> at least about the stuff that I've seen so far. Uh, hmm. The, you know, the, the idea that a character like James Bond doesn't mean something to people and that you can just, you know, go, you know, flip it, you know, do whatever, okay, 
has to be one of the more irresponsible things I've seen of somebody who's in charge of a franchise. Okay, That is incredibly irresponsible. You have something that is so long lived as the James Bond character. Right? And there are other characters. You have like Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible. Right? You have uh, Jack Reacher. You have other characters and not all of them, you have other spies, not all of them resonate. Not every detective becomes Sherlock Holmes. So when you have something that actually resonates with people and they like it, you, you would think, you would think that you're like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not messing up. You know, I, we may have a new formula, okay, with how we're going to do the films and such in terms of the filmmaking. But we're not going to mess up the core, which is this particular character that people like. Okay, they like him not just in English, but in a whole bunch of different languages. They've liked him for over 25 years. They've liked him to the point of a billion dollars. Why would we mess around with this? Oh, well, we don't want people to think he's misogynistic. Well, he's not. He's not. And if you need to educate people with this, okay, go in there, have some of those Fon Fatales kill people, and they'll be like, oh, so this is what this guy's like. No, this isn't easy. He's just really, really good at what he does. Okay, that's why James Bond is set apart. That's why he's set apart from the rest of them. That's why he's legendary to the rest of the double O's when they come in, you know, when they meet him and so on and so forth. So if you need to remind, that may be something you need to do. And you may not need to do a Casino Royale where it's an origin story, but you may need to do a film to show, hey, this guy is the pinnacle of what's supposed to be done in his particular position. And the reason why he's excellent at it, that's why he survives where other agents don't, where other agents get killed. And the idea that you want to tinker around with that or sanitize it or mess with it, and this is something that is worth so much money, you know, at, at one point. And then it's uh, it's such a, a, an escapist diversion for so many people as well. And your whole thing is, oh, well, we can do this and, we, you know, we can still get people out. It's contemptuous. It, it's, it's, a, it's a frontery, you know, to the audience that has supported the character for so long. And it really shows that maybe you shouldn't be the steward of this character any longer or this film franchise. Maybe you should give it up to someone who has full faith and confidence in what has come before and says, no, I'm going to actually do a good film over here. I may not do things that were like, you know, high value in the, of the 60s, but I can keep all of the elements that makes this particular character great without referring to previous films as a rapist or referring to the character as a misogynist. Okay. Or, you know, doing things in this particular film that I scratched my head and said, there's no way on God's green earth you can end a film like this. But hey. Yeah, and that's what, what he, that's, that's what he messed up. But they had just stuck to the original idea and actually saw it through in a way that made sense. Instead of just like, what's the word where you're just kind of making it up as you go along? Like you did really superficial connections to the other movies where you could have stuck to the original plan and showed us how he became James Bond. Why, if you are a 007 agent, you maybe perhaps don't have time or the ambitions of having a wife and kids. Maybe you can explain to us that you forming deep connections with the woman is dangerous, not only to yourself as an agent, but to them. If I was to do it, it would have been Casino Royale. You wouldn't have had a whole convoluted plot in Quantum of Solace. It would have just been maybe he would have tried to maybe try to flirt with connecting with somebody again that person would have been murked. And then you would have, you'd put it together like, okay, I just can't do that. Then you could have maybe other times in the future where people are trying to connect, but he just shuts down and moves on and goes about his mission. Where you're kind of showing us what it is like to be a 007. If you're a 007, you're almost similarly akin to like a black widow that is just not built for you. 
you're just not going to have a normal life. You're not going to have a family and kids at the end of the day, and you will probably die in the in your duty uh, to to the queen. Perfect. That should have. I mean, and those are things that could have been brought about, and those are things that could have been brought about in the film. Things that could have been expounded expounded on in the film as well. And there, you lay your foundation. You lay that foundation, or at the very least, you give enough exposition or explanation where you know if anybody decides to, oh, well, look at this. Well, these are the reasons why. This is the reason why this guy. Could, oh, well, you know, when he's killing, when he when, when he kills a woman, oh, it's the, no, no, no. These are the reasons why. You know, it's fair game. You want to talk equality? It's fair game because they can kill me as well. I'm just better than them at this. Okay, I'm just better than them at this. That's why I'm and that's why I'm 007. Okay, it's, it's the same thing. When it comes to tomb raiding, Laura Croft, that's you know she's the best at tomb raiding. When it comes to getting you know archaeological finds back into a museum, who do we call? We call Indiana Jones. You want a ghost bust? You want a ghost cut? You call the Ghostbusters. And when it's time to put somebody on the line in order to make certain that the world is saved with the license to kill, you call James. You call James Bond. These characters or these franchises resonate with people for those particular reasons. The second that you become, I have to say it, you know, so full of yourself that you believe that, oh, I can do, you know, and, and if you're a writer stepping into this, well, I'm getting a paycheck, you know, you're still part of the problem. You should know, you should know better, but I know everybody's got to eat. That's right. And you know what, and to all you haters out there who want us, who want to change up the franchise because you know what? I even understand why you want to the franchise because you can't make your own film. You know why? Because you don't have story, idea, and plot. All you have is an agenda where you can take your agenda and you can do something with it. That I'm not going to say on this great platform. Yeah, and I'll end with you know I'll end with saying that a lot of them have the agenda, but they don't care about the character or the film. They, this isn't what they're into. They're not into this. They just want to make certain that this is policed a certain way. And then they're going to go, you know, do whatever it is that they do. But it's obvious that they don't care about this type of stuff. But right. it still needs to make right. their particular standard, which is unfortunate. So yep. uh, I think we may have some, we have some consensus that, if, you know, we will see the film eventually. For free. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully for free. And with an extended version with more honor than de, de mamas. And, and, Leah, and Leah say what? All right, all right. I, I was listening to you say that. I was like, "There's no way he could be mispronouncing." That's this. This has to be. <laughs> I said, "I'm not going to correct him on screen, but he better come clean with this before the end." We we'll have to do like some addendum, like, "Hey, was <laughs> joking." Okay. All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming out. Thanks for rocking out with me. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Don't forget, like, subscribe before we go big, people. Okay, get on the train now. Okay, get on the train now because we're bringing you the real. Okay, the and get this in the comments while you still can, while we'll actually answer it. Yes, that's right because that's becoming less and less. Okay, so with that being said, Benarak, and we're out.